0: 1 Corinthians chapter 1 is where we're going to be at. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 17. If you have a Bible and you want to turn with us, I encourage you to do that. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 17. Just one short little verse. As I was praying and thinking about you know what God was leading us to this week, I, I got led to 1 Corinthians and I began to read in the book of 1 Corinthians and I didn't make it very far. Uh, I made it to verse 17, and and the Holy Spirit kind of spoke to me, and I uh, began to work in that way, and so that's what we're going to be looking at today. So we're going to pray, and we're going to dig into the Word. God, I come to you this morning. I thank you for this house full of people, and God, I pray that you'd be with us. God, I pray that you would give me the, the strength and the courage and the boldness and the leading of the Holy Spirit to speak your Word. I pray that you'd bind the enemy, that he doesn't get in our minds, God, that he doesn't get in my mind, that he doesn't get in anybody's mind, dear Lord. uh, That we can focus on you. God, I pray that you'd take away any pride I may have, God, that uh, it's not about how good I speak today, God, it's about you. And it's about uh, people seeing the cross of Jesus Christ and seeing your grace. And so, God, I pray that you would help me to be a humble servant today. I pray that you would help each one of us to have ears that we would listen. God, I pray that you would take away any nerve for whatever reason the devil's trying to work on me. God, I don't know why, but I pray that you just would, through your power, that you give me the power to speak your word today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 17. A little bit of a background before we read it. Paul was talking to the people of the Corinthians, and there was a little bit of division among those people because of who baptized them. Some were saying, well, I was baptized by this guy, and I was baptized by this guy. And Paul was saying, uh, essentially, it doesn't matter who you was baptized by. It matters to you who you were baptized for. You were baptized... For Jesus Christ and and for accepting him as your Lord and Savior. And that's who you were baptized in as Jesus Christ. So whether it was another guy or whether it was this guy, in our case, whether it's me or whether it's Brother Ernie or whether it's Brother Alton or whoever it is, it doesn't matter who dunks you. What matters is that decision that you make. And so Paul uh, was addressing that earlier on in the first few verses of this book. And then he went on to say in verse 17, for Christ did not send me to baptize, but to evangelize. Not with clever words, so the cross of Christ will not be empty of its effect. Now, it's not that Paul was saying here that that baptism was not an important thing. He wasn't uh, belittling baptism. But Paul was saying, what God called me to do was to evangelize. And I think what Paul was implying is that it's for the local church. You guys continue to reach your pastors. uh, Your church continue to reach people, continue to baptize people who make that commitment. But Paul was saying, God has called me to be an evangelist. Now, we see that sometimes at our church when we have revival. We have evangelists come through. It may be people that travel all around the country and preach. And oftentimes, they see people come to the Lord, and and they're not necessarily the ones that baptize them, but they're doing what God called them to do, and that is to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so Paul was saying, look, I didn't necessarily come just to baptize, but I come to evangelize. And this is the key part. This is what stuck out to me. Not with clever words, so that the cross of Christ will not be empty of its effect. And I kind of sit there and I pondered that. Not with clever words. And I thought, well, what what in the world did did Paul mean? uh, uh, Instantly I thought, oh, maybe it means like using too many illustrations and trying to fancy it up. And I was thinking, no, that's not it. There's parables all throughout the Bible. Jesus used good illustrations and parables. We see parables uh, and illustrations and such. In the Old Testament we see these things. So I don't think that's what Paul was talking about. But what did he mean when he talked about clever words so that the cross wouldn't lose its effect. Well, sometimes I think, uh, as preachers, for sure, uh, we may get caught up in the fact that we have to talk uh, super proper, we have to use big fancy words, we have to uh, present things in a certain way, we have to be eloquent and and magnificent speakers, we have to preach for a long time. And we get caught up so much in these things, not just preachers, but Christians, that we think we have to be a certain way, and we try to uh, do all these things to present this cross, and uh, the cross of Christ in some special way, and, and try to treat trick people in to come into church, so to speak, and have all these big, huge events that bring people in, and all these things are good things, but the more we begin to do those things, the more it begins to detract from the message of the cross of Jesus Christ. The more we begin to put too much emphasis on the way we present, the way we speak, the things we do, that people begin to see a church that has a lot of events, or a preacher that can speak really good, knows a lot of Greek, but at the end of the day, we're not preaching the message of the cross. A lot of times in our world today, we want to pretty it up. But We can't preach the message of the cross. We can't preach God's word because it's hard. Well, we don't want to offend anybody. Heaven forbid we offend anybody, so we kind, of, we kind of take the cross and we want to mold it into our own liking. We want to take a God, we want to take a Savior, and we want Him to be more like we want Him to be. We don't want to preach Jesus too strong. We don't want to preach the word too strong. We might offend somebody. And so what we essentially do sometimes as Christians is we take the cross and it loses its effect because we're afraid to preach the cross. We're afraid to preach what Jesus Christ did. And we want to take something that God used that should get our attention. And we want to kind of paint over it. Make it look pretty. But the cross wasn't a pretty place. That was a tough day. That was a day that a man who was God, God's son, who gave his life for us, he died on the cross so that we could be forgiven. He was beaten. He was nailed to a tree. Because we are sinners. What a horrible sinfulness that we have. That it takes such a wonderful and worthy sacrifice to cover that. And when we realize that that what Jesus did on the cross, it helps us realize how horrible our sinfulness needs to be. It helps us realize the love that Jesus has, that he would give his life for us so that we could be forgiven. And so the cross helps us understand where we are and where God is and how much we need Jesus Christ and what he did for us. And sometimes we miss that. And sometimes we want to clean that up because we don't want to step on anybody's toes. My wife watches a show a lot called Fixer Uppers. Maybe you guys have seen it before. It's a pretty good show. And what they do on Fixer Upper is they they go in these old houses, and a lot of times it's a house that's really old, and they'll go in there, and it's been uh, remodeled in the past. And and the owners took something that they thought was going to be pretty, and they remodeled it, but oftentimes they begin to pull down these old walls, and they find something they call shiplap. And it's beautiful. It tells a a story. It has a history. It's not maybe as pretty and as smooth. It may have more gaps in it. But it's something different about that original wood that is so much more beautiful than what they covered up with. And as they uncover it, you begin to see, man, why would anybody cover up this wonderful, beautiful thing? And sometimes I think we're guilty of that with the cross. Sometimes we don't preach the cross for what it is. Sometimes we don't preach Jesus Christ crucified on the cross so that we could be forgiven. Sometimes we get caught up in using clever words, and the cross loses its effect because people don't realize their need for a Savior. People don't realize that they are living in sinfulness. An old rugged cross, just like we see on the picture up there, that's what Jesus died on. It wasn't something pretty. And we as Christians, we don't have to use big words to describe it. The cross and the crucifixion of Jesus Christ and his life that was given for us is simple. The gospel is simple. And sometimes we allow the devil to get into our mind and get into our head and let us say, oh, you could never go out and, and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. You don't know God's word good enough. We don't have to know God's word. We don't have to know every bit of God's word. All we have to know is Jesus Christ. If we hadn't memorized two hundred and fifty or three hundred or five hundred scriptures, that doesn't mean that's pretty that doesn't mean that God cannot use us for the Lord. Because God's word from front to back it points us to Jesus Christ and what He did on the cross. And if we know what Jesus Christ did, if he has transformed your life, if you know that you are a sinner and that this whole world is sinners and that Jesus died for us so that we could be forgiven, we might not be the best scholars. We may can say that whole message of the cross in 17 seconds, but it is powerful. And sometimes we want to add to it or we want to take away, but the message of the cross is good enough in and of itself. You can't fool people into coming into a relationship of Jesus Christ. You can, you can, you can uh, say all this pretty stuff. You can say all this good stuff. You can have events that get a thousand people to come to church. But it doesn't matter how pretty you make things and what you do. What gets people to come to Christ is the conviction of the Holy Spirit that they realize that they are a sinner. That they realize the love of Jesus Christ. That's what gets people to Christ. We can't trick people with their big words. It ain't big words that get people to Christ. I could stand up here and preach big words from now until Jesus comes back, and that's not going to lead people to Christ, but love is. The love of the cross, the love of Jesus that's in us that the world needs to see. My wife here, she's, she's a lawyer, and I, when I began to talk to her, I thought, boy, she's got to be smart. And so I need to be really smart. So when I started talking to her, I used to try to sound really sophisticated and try to use big words and all this good stuff. I never told her this. Maybe I didn't. I don't know. It's probably news to her. Because I, I wanted to impress her. I wanted to wow her. And, and I wanted to dress nice. I wanted to look good. I wanted to put off this image that I was a smart, well dressed man. Well, guess what? I ain't any of those things. She found it out. She found out I don't have a lot of money, I don't gotta got a lot of good looks. I'm not that great of a dresser and I'm definitely not sophisticated. But she stuck with me because I love her. And with the cross of Jesus Christ, sometimes we try too hard. Because when Jesus died on the cross, what He did was good enough. We don't have to add to that. We don't have to change that. We don't have to be Bible scholars. We just have to tell the world the truth. We just have to tell the world about the love of Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit does the rest. When people begin to realize that they are living in sinfulness, there is no way that we can pretty up that's going to make that better. They need to hear the truth. That they are dying and that they are lost in their sin without Jesus Christ and what He did on the cross. And it was gruesome and it was horrible and they beat Him and they put a crown of thorn on His head and they nailed His hand to a cross and they mocked Him and it was a horrible thing. But he did it because he loved you. He did it because he loved the world. He did it because he loved this community that we're going to go into the harvest to reach. And we don't have to be scholars to do that. But we don't want to, we don't want to try to pre up the cross. We don't want it to lose its effect. Because it is through the cross that we are saved. And when the cross has no effect, how can we reach people for Jesus Christ if they don't see that? Oftentimes, we we take the cross of Jesus Christ and we want it to be what we want it to be. We paint it any color we want, We we put all this stuff, we want a a God that conforms to us. We want to still be able to live in our sinfulness. We want to still be able to do our good. We want to think, oh, God would never judge us. God loves us. Everything's good. And we can just do whatever we want to. And we can just continue to say we're Christians and live this way. And then we can just make God who we want to be. And we add all this stuff to the cross that takes away from what it is. Who is a man who gave his life so that we could be forgiven. But what we have to begin to do as Christians is we don't want to put these things into our relationship with Christ that's going to pull away from it. When we begin to pray to God and we begin to ask Him to take these things away, all these things that we add to the cross so that it wouldn't lose its effect, and what we're left with is a Savior who gave His life for us. It's not a pretty picture. But I got news for you our life's not a pretty picture. Our sinfulness is not a pretty picture. And Jesus gave his life for you. One who was perfect came to take the wrath of God so that you could be spared from it. We live in a world that says love wins, love wins. And while I disagree with why our world said love wins, I do agree that love wins. The problem is our world doesn't know what love is. Jesus Christ is love. And when Jesus Christ died on that cross and rose from the grave, love won. We can be victorious through Jesus Christ. We can find what true love is. The Bible says that there is no greater love than this, that someone would give his life for his friends. That's what love is. If we want to be victorious over sin and over this world and over darkness and over all these things that we see in this world, we need to know what love really is. And love is Jesus Christ. And love is death on a cross. And we church do not need to forget that love. We don't need to forget the one who gave everything so that you and I could be forgiven. We don't have to trick people with clever words. We don't have to be fancy. We don't have to preach for a long time. We don't have to know the Bible word for word from front to back. What we do have to know is Jesus Christ and Christ crucified. We preach that to the world. The world tells us we're foolish. Go ahead and read a little further in 1 Corinthians when you get a chance. The world says that the cross is foolishness. The world says wisdom is all these things that the world wants to put on the cross. The world says that's wisdom, money and success and fame. That's wisdom. That's good. They say the cross is foolishness. But Paul says God's foolishness is greater than human wisdom. And while a man died on a cross is foolishness to a world it is God's wisdom and it is the only hope that our world has it is the only hope that our soul has have you accepted Jesus Christ and his death on the cross to forgive you of your sins have you experienced what real love is because I'm telling you if you hadn't read God's word read about Jesus Christ that is love like you've never seen before and like you'll never see in this world the world can't offer you that only Jesus Christ can offer you that Let's pray. God, we come to you now and I thank you for the cross. And I thank you for Jesus Christ, God. And I pray that we would never forget that sacrifice that Jesus made. Dear Lord, we have so many temptations. We live in a world that is living in darkness, God. The world is coming at every angle and He's trying to, uh, to make, the, make everyone think that a little sin's okay here and there, dear Lord. Even us Christians, He tries to get us, God. But I pray that You'd give us strength to stand on what Jesus did. That we would not take that for granted, dear Lord. And what a wonderful thing Your grace is. That Jesus Christ would give His life for us. So I pray, God, that those of us who are in this room who are Yours today, that You'd give us strength, God, that You'd help us to continue to grow in Your Word. God, we want to be good representatives of You. We want to know Your Word. And we want to be bold to share the cross of Jesus Christ. So God, don't let the devil get us down and make us think that we're not smart enough or we can't speak good enough or we don't know enough big words to share your love. Because God, the cross is good enough and what Jesus did is good enough. So help us understand that love and not forget that love. God, I pray for any in this room that, that, that may not know you, that may be seeking you today. That maybe for the first time realize that they are a sinner living in sinfulness, God. Maybe they thought they knew what love was. but God, help them to know what love is through Jesus Christ. God, I pray that there are any in this room that need to know you, that they would come down today, that they would ask that you would be their Lord and Savior. That their sins would be forgiven, that they would be <coughs> cleansed by your sacrifice on the cross. I ask these things in Jesus' name I pray it. Amen.